Fends them dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyce, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby league. Rugby league. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook podcast. I am your host, Tim Williams. Joining me today is a man who had a bit of a premiership hangover last year in Supercoach. Not so much this year. He started the 2021 season with a bang. Desi Creek, how are you? Yeah, good, Timmy. Good. Yeah, I was definitely uh, able to consolidate the good start last week with a, another fairly good score this week. Um, I managed 12.48, which moved me up to, I think, around 750th overall. So, yeah, pretty stoked. Mate, massive, massive starter. Also joining us after a, a week off is the Supercoach Spy. Spy, how have you started, mate? Hey, boys. Desi on fire there, mate. Great stuff, brother. Um, I'm sitting, I always go up percentage. I'm top 11% at the moment, so it's not a hot start, but it's a solid start. And I'm pretty happy with my side, to be honest. I know the cheapies. So, um, boys, I'm pretty happy for now. It's, it's not a fire, but I'm, I'm there and about and, and looking to make a move over the next month or so. Stuff, mate. Um, Desi, you are firing on all cylinders. What's gone right for you at the moment, mate? And uh, I mean, with the ranking like that, probably not too much has gone wrong, but I suppose, yeah, what hasn't worked out for you? Yeah, I mean, the only real letdown, I I guess, was Charlie Staines and I guess Bailey Simonson as well was pretty underwhelming. Um, I think we all sort of copped Ryan Madison as well. Um, But yeah, I I guess my Broncos lads, Jordan Rickey, Tessie New, they combined for 170-ish points, which was pretty spectacular and also I traded in Jaden Braley who got 90 odd points with a nice little try out of dummy half there. Yeah it's bloody good stuff Desi. I think boys it's been the same old story for a few of us. If anyone didn't captain our own Teddy those first few weeks he's already burnt everyone. You know, we spoke the whole pre-season about it. Um, I went against him as skipper round one just because I had Angus Crichton and it's a funny old game this year because my two skippers have been Crichton round one who got 100 Normally that's brilliant, but Teddy got 160. <laughs> and round two, I thought it was meant to be Monsoon all over in Campbelltown on Sunday Arvo. So I went against Teddy and went Cleary on the Saturday Arvo who knocked out 90. So I'm sitting there thinking I'm pretty happy. Then the rain didn't come and Teddy went 110. So it wasn't too bad, but it just shows how important that man is. And he's just a weapon, isn't he? What a god. It is, mate. Yeah, and it it was a it was a chaotic weekend of Supercoach between the rain, the HIAs, the injuries, the the Crichton being out, who was very popular. Seriously, it was a tough weekend to navigate. I was going to bite the bullet and get rid of Crichton just for team balance. I really needed it last week, and then when Maddo went down in the first game of the round, it sort of forced me a little bit to to want to hold on to Crichton. So I went elsewhere. Uh, and it, it paid off pretty well for me in the end. I got Jaden Braley went early on him and uh, Len you in. Uh, Lodge and Lamb out, so that went well. Played Tessie New over Stange, which I was very happy about. That bad me about an extra 70 or 80 points. Skipper Teddy, um, as Desi said, I think a lot of us copped the Maddo injury. Capewell, not a lot of minutes. Uh, an interesting one going forward there for the Panthers and their pack. Um, 11.69 for me, so still sitting in about 6K overall, uh, which after a weekend like that where I had to play off Hickey Ogden in my front row, um, I'm happy to get through with, with relatively little damage and not a bad start. In today's show, we're going to talk about the all-important topic of cash v. points generation, uh, which is massive this round in particular with so many good buyers for so many different reasons. Uh, We'll go through our standard team-by-team previews, drop our bold predictions, uh, look at our trades and skippers for the week, and then take a few questions at the end. On that note, we'll start off with points v. cash generation. Uh, An article that Des did, a topic Desi did a really good article on at the start of last year that helped me um, sort of with my decent season last year. Um, lots of people asking, you know, do we chase the big cash of, you know, Tessie New and Jacob Ludewick and download, uh, download, downgrade underperforming guns for these guys, make a heap of cash, or do we target guys like maybe Reed Marnie and Mitch Barnett who will probably score better while also generating cash, but maybe not as much cash as guys like Tessie New. Um, Desi, I'll fire over to you, mate. What are your thoughts on the topic? Yeah, so I, I, I did actually read my article that I wrote last season and I I thought I'd sort of tackle it from a different sort of perspective um, to the normal sort of empirical point of view that most people seem to take on it. Um, 
I think we all know that like trading in the players who will make the most amount of cash in the medium to long term sort of works out eight or nine times out of ten as the best player moving forward, sort of to build up positional depth across your 25 players. But at the same time, there's still that one or two times out of ten where locking up points in certain positions over the short term is actually more beneficial than making the money. So we have this sort of idea of opportunity cost every time you trade a player, and that opportunity cost will be different for every individual Supercoach team. So we come to this sort of conclusion that there's no definitive right or wrong answer as to whether you should prioritize cash cows over guns at this point in the season because it's it's all sort of dependent on where you're currently ranked, how well equipped your current makeup of your team is to move forward. Um, so for me personally at the moment, I'm ranked in the top 1,000. I'm just trying to – I'll probably try and keep my foot on the throttle um, and trade in two guns this week like uh, Tohu Harris and Jai Arrow, sort of, they'll probably still make money, but I'm going to forego a significant salary cap increase, but Yay. it's going to probably ensure that I stay highly ranked, which for me personally, at this point in time, is probably more important for me. Yeah, it's a very, very interesting ploy you're taking there, Desi, and your answer surprised me a little bit. I know you, you tend to lean towards points over cash. I didn't think you were going to do it to that degree, uh, mate, you're a bloke who started with a lot more non-playing reserves, NPRs than most. And so I thought your team might be more of a position where you have to chase the cash a little bit. You're not worried about that? Not too worried because we're seeing sort of cheapies pop up all over the place. Even this week, the uh, the the Warriors halfback is coming in. So, I mean, you, mm. you can I could sort of trade out Sam Walker if I wanted to. But also some of my NPRs might start playing soon, like Sam Walker and Suwali, those sort of dudes. They'll come in. And they'll start playing pretty soon, you'd expect. Yeah, that's true, mate. There's a few decent ones there. Uh, I mean, my my sort of quick take on it, which we get Spy's thoughts, but it, it, as Desi touched on, it's different for every team. There's not necessarily a right or wrong answer. I tend to lead further to the, the cash generation side than the point. Um, provided your team's set up pretty well, um, I think you can afford to chase that, that cash um, big time early on. That might be the case of getting someone like Tessie New, who I think is a must if you don't own him, along with someone like Mitch Barnett, who can give you those big points as well as making decent cash. Um, and then if your cheapies have struggled a lot uh, in the first two rounds, which will, will have happened to a lot of sides, they're the people who probably need to chase the, the two cheapies more than anyone. If your cheapies are really well set up, well, maybe you can do like Desi and go your Marnies and your Barnetts, that sort of thing. Uh, Spy, what have you got? Yeah, it's interesting stuff there, boys. It's As you said, the biggest thing is it's so team-dependent. Every team's going to be different. I think the question you have to ask yourself is how many decent cheapies do you currently have in your side? If you're sort of lucky enough, like I've got my side at the moment where I've basically nailed all the cheapies apart from Ryan James, so I don't feel like I need have to bring in Ryan James this weekend. On the flip side, if my centers were a little bit out and I sort of lacked that cash generation moving forward, Ryan James would then become more important because he's obviously going to make that cash pending him staying in the side. Um, I, I kind of lean towards Desi a little bit in that points are still absolutely crucial. I mean, points win championships. They win titles where cash generation, as he says, it will come. So unless you're absolutely having an absolute shocker in relation to your current squad, then I think you can still afford to chase points. My biggest point would be here, if you've got Madison, for example, and you get and you have an option to drop him to Ryan James or maybe just a gun back rower who's not necessarily going to make cash, then you have to ask yourself, if you have to then play Ryan James in your 17 who could score 35 or something like that, or you could get a stud back rower who could score 90 or 100, which way do you go? In that case, I think you really want to grab the gun unless you absolutely desperately need that cash. The other thing is what I'm doing this week is going for the double win of points and cash. So I'll be getting, which a lot of people probably will, Madison down to Mitch Barnett, who has a super low break even, but he's also a bit of a gun in the point scoring department, and also grabbing Jaden Braley, who... Not only can score really well, but he's going to make you a heap of cash. That way you lock yourself in good points, you get potential long-term keepers, and you make money. So it's basically a win-win. So that's what I'll be trying to do as much as possible. Yeah, good answer, mate. And uh, uh, the bloke you ticked on who I just I can't fault this week as a buy. I was so glad I got him last week. Um, it was a bit of a last-minute option to go with him. But he's Jaden Braley who just ticks both boxes. 
356k, negative 54 break even, averaging 88 to start the season with huge base. I just think you have to have him. Uh, and for that 100k cheaper than someone like Reed Marnie, you know, he's not quite a cheapy Braley, but gee, he just ticks a lot of boxes. Uh, fellas, let's get into our team's analysis. We won't spend quite as long per game this week because we've dragged on a little bit the last couple of weeks. Um, but one team that we won't be uh, cutting time on is the Panthers because they are so, so super coach relevant, especially this week. So uh, also, if you are interested, I forgot to mention, our subscription package is available for those who wanted a little bit of extra content each week. It's more than a little bit, actually. But for $30, you can get the NRL package, which will give you access to two or three more articles each week, as well as our subscriber special podcast. One of our contributors will jump on that each week and answer all of your questions. It's hard to get to all the questions we get on social media, so that'll make sure of that. Also gives you access to our major prize in our unlimited group, uh, $40 for the NRL and Big Bash package. Going on to the Panthers and Storm, Thursday, 8.05 p.m. at the Panthers Stadium in Penrith. For the Panthers, it's the same 17 that took care of the Bulldogs last week. Nathan Cleary has been named in the side despite his concussion. He did pass his HIA test on game day, but it's a five-day turnaround for the Panthers, uh, which is obviously a big concern. And a little bit of word out of the club is that they will rest him early in the season, uh, not wanting to take any chances on that, but being the grand final replay uh, or rematch, who knows what's going to happen there. Um, massive, massive question marks there for Supercoach. That's exactly what us Supercoaches didn't want, want for who ran with Sam Walker as an NPR at halfback. Desi, you're one of those, mate. What are you doing with uh, your halves this week? I mean, you've already mentioned the trades you're looking at. I suppose you'll be copying the auto emergency this week. Yeah, I think I will. I mean, you'd expect he's probably only going to be out for a week if they do if they do sit him out. So I think taking the AE is probably the best option rather than sort of trading in someone else. Um, I think it'll be a massive waste of a trade. Yeah, it is. You, I mean, you, with so many like pretty ordinary cheapies sitting on our benches, you're probably copying a twenty five to twenty to twenty five point score, possibly at best. Um, but I mean, I, yeah, I, I tend to agree with it. Spy, you're in the same position, I believe. What are you doing? And is Sean O'Sullivan at 220K who's been named at the Warriors as a halfback an option or not this week? Yeah, mate. I certainly wouldn't bother with O'Sullivan. He doesn't have a great record in his initial games and you can probably get a similar score out of your auto-emergency anyway. So I wouldn't want to be burning a trade on him for at least a few weeks if he starts to look really good. Um, I'm pretty happy to cop the auto-emergency. I mean, the only other option might be Benny Hunt, who's got a super low break-even, plays against Manly, and he's playing some really good footy. So I certainly don't mind that as an option. But in saying that, if he regresses a little after a hot start, you're going to have a trade sitting – sorry, a bloke sitting there as your backup halfback who you don't necessarily want. The money he makes this week, you'll probably end up losing anyway and getting back to where he is right now. Um, So I don't really want to get stuck with Benny Hunt and having used a trade that I could use elsewhere on a bloke that can make me money and set my team up long-term. So perfectly have to take the audio emergency. I mean, I'm not happy about it, but there's, we knew this was the risk coming in and, and they're the punch you take to set up the rest of your team, so that's fine. Um, but, yeah, I think outside of Benny Hunt, who, to be fair, is playing some nice footy and could go on a tear long-term, but I just don't fully trust St George and him to do that. So auto emergency for me, boys. Desi, what are your thoughts on the Ben Hunt play, ploy? A lot of people are asking the question, um, let's say they can't afford to go Sam Walker to Ben Hunt. What about a two-week play of Nathan Cleary to Ben Hunt? You probably means you have to not play uh, Nathan Cleary next week. I think it'll be a two-week play. Benny Hunt, negative 35 break, even 453K. He's got that 116 in his three-round rolling average for a couple of weeks. Um, so, I mean, he could be he could make 150K in a couple of weeks, or a lot of coin. Is that a viable option or or not? Um, uh, if you could go Sam Walker to Ben Hunt, it's probably a viable option. But I just would not be trading out Nathan Cleary for the life of me. He's just—I mm-hmm. mean—he scored eighty-eight this week without a try assist or um or a try. Like he's—he's he's gonna go one fifty odd soon. I—I I just don't—I don't see it. I mean, like Ben Hunter—he'll make heaps of money for you for sure, but. It, it, you don't really want to pull your team apart just to get them in. There's there's better mm. options. And I suppose the issue is with Ben Hunt, if you're going Sam Walker to him, which you'd need to free up a lot of coin to do, but maybe with people downgrading Ryan Madison, it can be done. 
is there's still not many reserve other halfbacks in Supercoach putting their hand up for selection. So even when he gets that 600K, it's like, well, where do you go from there? So, um, look, I don't hate the move, but it is is fraught with a little bit of danger. Spy, a question from NRL Supercoach Sponge. Is it better to naff Charlie Staines rather than accept his paltry 10s in the hope he gets a 100 once every 10 games? um, uh, That's the other big question on the Lipsers at the moment because Charlie Staines had a stinker in the first two rounds. You can probably put a line through the last game in the wet against the Dogs, although the Panthers did put a few points on. What are you doing with Charlie Staines? I'm definitely in the hold camp. Um, as you said, last week was an absolute write-off. He was from from the opening minute. He was never going to see the ball last weekend. It was torrential. He was out on the right wing. He had a few runs, but so just put a line through that one. Round one in fantasy scored really poorly, but his three games last year, his two games last year. He ran the ball a fair bit and he busted some tackles. So I just don't think he's that bad to have him sitting on your bench. I certainly don't have him. Don't play him this week, absolutely, against Melbourne. But he might, once Penrith finds some rhythm, the, the weather gets drier. He's, he has that ability to score two, three, four, five tries any week. So do you really want to trade someone who's going to be worth like $280,000 to another bloke who doesn't have that upside? I'd rather just sit in there personally. Um, and and just leave him there and hopefully find some form and pick pick your battles for later once he's got some left lesser sides and Penrith finds some some rhythm on that right edge. So yeah, hold for me, boys. But I mean, I can understand why you might want to get rid of him. Yeah, I I'll be holding him as well. I won't be playing him this week against the Bunnies, but after this week, uh, they go on to play the Seagulls, Raiders, and Broncos, and I think she, he looks a really really good play in those Seagulls and Broncos clashes. Um, Desi, probably just the last one on the Panthers. Viliami Kikau went massive on the weekend uh, with a big, big ton. I think he scored a couple of tries there. Kurt Capel only played 50 minutes. Now, what I've seen here is probably that um, uh, Capewell, I think in bigger games like the one coming up against the Storm, lock him in for 65, 70 minutes plus. Uh, Kikau, I think, will be more around that 50-minute mark. So I'm just, yeah, I'm a little bit... Uh, I think Penrith are going to have a lot of these blowout wins and because they're, they're naming these four forward benches or if you include Tyrone May in the forwards, it, it does limit his game time. It's a concern, but he's a hold for me. Dazzy, thoughts on Kikau and Capewell? Yeah, Kikau's looking he's looking bloody good. He could have had a hat-trick on the weekend. So, I mean, he, he's always an option for that upside, but like you said, he's probably only going to get over 60 minutes in very, very few games this season because the Panthers are so good. Um, as for Capewell, I'd, I'm not so sh- I'm not as sold on him as you guys. I didn't start with him because I, I did have that sort of sneaking suspicion that he wasn't going to be playing 80 minutes. Um, but yeah, if he if he does play 65 minutes, he's definitely a keeper in the center wing. I mean, mm. you have to you have to go for the base upside on those sort of dudes in the center wing because it's just so barren this season. I mean, I, I'm looking at the center wing right now, and there's literally. You've got Beamoz and Brian Tor as the only two guys in the top thirty point scorers so far. So it's yeah, it's definitely a position that you're gonna have to get right. Uh Spy, just the last one on the Panthers. Jerome Luai is a, the pod five eight you started the season with. Uh it's paid off so far. He's gone big. Um <coughs> does he look like he can be a season long um keeper to you, or will he be a notch below the likes of Cody Walker and Cam Munster? Yeah, look, I just want to give him a quick shout-out before I say anything. So thanks, Jerome Luai, you legend. Um, I'm a little bit worried about this weekend against Melbourne, but his base has gone up a fair bit recently with his running game. So I think he definitely has the ability to match the two big guns, and I wouldn't mind even pairing him and Cody. Um, but we'll see how that goes. And just really quickly on Capewell, boys, I did cop a knock last week. So he came off about 50 in, and they were cruising. They're up by 20-odd, so... Like, we don't know what his minutes will be yet, so I'm more than happy to hold him and uh, just just see what happens there. Yeah, good shout there, mate. Uh, over at the Storm, not a lot of difference. Tom Ivanhoe's comes into the starting side for the suspended back row of Felice Kafusi. Two new faces on the bench with Aaron Penne and Nico Hines named to play their first game of the season. Tyson Smoothie has been dropped. I don't know how you could drop a bloke with that name, but they've gone and done it uh, after coming off the bench in the first few games. Uh, you probably not heaps to talk about at the Storm. We know how good Pappenhausen is. Um, Munster, obviously a weapon as well, um, who's probably had a little bit of a slow start by his standards. Do you like anyone there? And if you're a Smith or Welch owner, what are you doing with them, guys? I think you probably hold Smith and Welch. I, th- I think Welch, 
what did he pump out last week? Sixty six odd points. That's that's pretty good for a guy who's four hundred and fifty k. Probably over exceeded expectations there. Um, I think he's definitely a hold if you know he's just going to pump out sixty points for you each week. That's pretty invaluable. Um, up in the front row there, um, Brandon Smith. You could probably hold as well until Harry Grant's back. It's just it's only a matter of time until he explodes and starts uh, really uh, piercing up the rock. He could he could be on for a, a double anytime. Um, one of the guys that has actually caught my eye is Justin Olam in this center wing. He's he's been playing really good. Yeah, um, good call. He's uh, I've I've seen a few questions as well about him. I think he's a definite trade in. I mean, he's, he's he should make a bit of money this week as well. Um, and he's yeah, he's busting tackles. He's uh, um, he's outside monster there. He's he's definitely on for a few tries this season. I think he's definitely one of those center wings with big upside to him this season. For sure, mate. Averaging 68 points per game with a really, really good 32 in base. Uh, and, and what makes Olam's life so easy is just having Adokari outside him. He tips onto him or throws a half a little ball, uh, decent ball to him. Adokar just skins his wingers. It's easy line break assists and potential tries for Olam. So at 400K with a break even of two, mate, you're not wrong. Um, Spy, anything to add at the Storm? Yeah, I agree on Olam. He uh, he also played really good the more the season went on last year. So he started hot, and I think he's only going to get better. So it's a really good shout. Also, want to keep an eye on Remus Smith. He's a really good footballer from who's come from the Dogs. He's going to be in a good attacking team. So I think one to keep an eye on there as well. And just quickly on Christian Welch, I own him. I'm super happy because his work rate's through the roof. But given the conditions last weekend and playing Sias in round one who don't allow a lot of offloads, he's only thrown the two offloads in the first two games. I think he might find that go up to three or four with a bit of luck moving forward. So excited to own him and hopefully can keep doing a job and maybe even get even better. Dragons v Seagulls, Friday 6pm at Wynn Stadium at the Dragons. Uh, no changes there, actually. So pretty uh, straightforward play there from Anthony Griffin after getting a win up in Townsville on the weekend. Uh, fellas, we've spoken about Ben Hunt. There's not too much to add at the Dragons. Uh, Terrell Fumayono's had a good start with decent minutes and looks a pretty solid trade-in option this week. Should make some decent enough money with a bit of luck. The one bloke I do want to speak about is Daniel Alvaro, who has, uh, I wouldn't say come from the clouds, but uh, I mean named on the bench at the Dragons. Played 37 minutes in round one for 37 points. Round two, 48 minutes for 74 points with 50 in base. 255k, so he's just that little bit more expensive than Ryan James. Uh, with those sort of minutes and probably more so that output, Desi Alvaro's got to be a pretty uh, solid trading option, yeah? Yeah, for sure. I'd, I'd personally be getting him over Ryan James. Mm. I mean, I know James does have the uh, dual second row and front row status, but I think Alvaro, 74 points, 50 in base. I think he's just going to be more consistent than James over the course of the season. I, I really don't see Ryan James... Um, getting line breaks and tries um, at will like he has been doing. Whereas Alvaro, he just looks a bit sharper, a bit fitter, a bit faster. I think he can keep up sort of 50 to 60 average if he keeps those minutes. Mm. Yeah, Spy, I'll quickly get your thoughts on that Alvaro versus James question because it's one a lot of people, including myself, are asking. Uh, I mean, they both had one big score as a result of, I think, what, Alvaro had a try, try assist or something on the weekend. Um Alvaro, for anyone who is a bit of a rookie super coach out there, the way break-evens uh, work, which a break-even is the score you need to hit to rise or fall in price, which starts after three games played, which is obviously this week for the majority of the competition. Um, the first score of that three-round average drops out after the three weeks. So, for example, Alvaro scored 37 in round one. Uh, so after this week, that'll drop out of his three-round average and his break-even will, will be impacted, obviously, Scored 74 last week, so that'll be in his three-round average for an extra week. Um, Ryan James had his big week in round one, so that big week will drop out after one round. So I'm leaning towards Alvaro. Spy, which way are you going? Yeah, I think if I was picking him, you'd nearly take Alvaro just purely because of the depth of St. George. They don't have it there. Canberra do. So you never quite know if Ryan James is going to get a rest after two years out with an ACL. And as you said, Alvaro is very consistent in terms of base. Uh, he actually had three offloads last week as well. So if we could add that to his game, tell you what, he's averaged 55 in the past in limited minutes. So I really like Alvaro as a buy. And it's like, yeah, he could be the goods. 
Mm, yeah, I like the look of him as well. Um, I do really like the dual second row, front row forward status of of uh, sorry Ryan James. That that hurt me a little bit last week. I would have loved to have had that in the player, but probably leaning towards Alvaro. But uh, they've also got Willie Army on the bench, whereas the Raiders have got that four middle forwards on the bench. So I like that as far as uh, Alvaro goes as well. Uh, over at the Sea Eagles, fair bit of action there. We've had to give Wilson Carlos uh, a spell from the podcast this week. He uh, brought in Andrew Davey last week. So he's absolutely, you know, we don't want to talk about it, the poor fella. I was very close to doing it as well. It made sense. Uh, went down injured early. Big supercoach news for many reasons because Josh Schuster has been named to replace him in the back row, which is massive. Morgan Boyle comes onto the bench. Uh, Curtis Sirnan also was out, uh, laid out last week. He's gone till about round six. Um, so massive, massive stuff happening there. Um, Desi, probably not too much super coach wise going on at Manly. Schuster has only played one round, so we don't need to get him this week. We can have a look at him, see how he performs on the edge and what happens, uh, and pencil him on for next week if he looks good. Uh, anything else to add at Manly? I suppose the big one is, are you holding or selling Jason Saab? I'll be holding him. I, I'm really uh, not too focused on center wing just yet. That, Like I said earlier, the Really hasn't been too many standout um, cheapies there. All the all the guns are. I mean, if you're going to pay 650k for Bemos or 550k for Brian Tor, they're basically the only like trade-ins that you'd realistically be looking at in center wing. There's just there's no one else. I I don't see the point in trading out Saab to anyone. He's mm. like there's just no point. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. There's a lot of those cheapy center wings that have underperformed a little bit, Saab being one of them. But again, I think a lot of those trades, unless you're going Saab to, like, say, Tessie New, I think you're going to be sideways. Uh, Spy, anything to add at Manly? Yeah, just Schuster's going to be a huge look next week. If he can play big minutes in the back row, that's hugely exciting, um, depending who your 5'8 and hookers are. Uh, someone like Jacob Little could make 60k this week. His minutes, uh, oh, sorry, his scores have been inflated by two tries, so it might be able to flip Watson down to Hooker and just go Little straight to Schuster and free up 150k next week. How good! Yeah, for sure, mate. Big one to keep an eye on there, uh, fellas. We'll break it up very briefly with our punting plays of the week via topsport.com.au. Um, so far, so good on the weekly punting previews. We've gone eight from eight at SC Playbook. They included a $6.70 multi and an $8.80 multi. So haven't missed one yet to start the NRL season. Um, we are previewing the top sport markets throughout the season for these previews. Um, so just for a little bit of fun, it's early in the week. Plenty can change. So all these tips are, are subject to change as the week goes on and we see whether team changes or that sort of stuff. Um, Desi, do you have any punting plays you like this week in NRL Round Three? Yeah, I've actually uh, I've, I've I've targeted the uh, Warriors Raiders game. Um, I've I've gone against the Mighty Raiders here, well, not against them, but I've I've gone for Warriors plus ten and a half line at a dollar eighty five. I just think uh, the Raiders haven't looked superb this season so far, and the Warriors are definitely looking better this season. So I think it'll be a close one there. Don't mind it, mate. I can see the Raiders scrapping their way to it. Not scrapping their way, but grinding away a lot of victories this season by not big margins. So uh, the 10-point line for the Warriors, yeah, I don't mind it at all, but uh, Raiders to win. Uh, Spire, what have you found? Boys, I reckon the perfect play to end your multis for the weekend is Gold Coast Titans to cover the line against the Cowboys. Um, they only have to win by six or more to get a dollar ninety value. If you can tip that into a multi, I reckon you're laughing. That's That's beautiful odds. That is so nice, the way the Cowboys are looking. I like that as well. Uh, I found this weekend a lot harder to pick um, compared to the first two rounds where there was a lot of lines that looked like sides were going to cover them so easily. And fortunately for the punting plays, they did. Uh, this week, I've gone with Parramatta to cover the seven and a half lines against the Sharks at $1.90. I don't mind what the Sharks are throwing out. I just think without SJ there, um, they're so less threatening with ball in hand. Matty Moylan's looked all right, but I mean, no SJ. The Sharks attack just goes to the you-know-what a little bit. Um, guys, if you do want to follow our tips throughout the season, all markets and odds are taken exclusively from Top Sport. If you are joining, use the code SC Playbook when you do. 18 plus only, gamble responsibly. Fellas, let's move on to the blockbuster Rabbitohs v Roosters clash on Friday night at 8 o'clock. At the Bunnies, Josh Mantle's been recalled to the side to replace Jackson Paulo, who copped a concussion. Adam Reynolds has been named to play despite a concussion as well. 
Uh, Liam Knight resumed contact training last week after his concussion. Another one in there, uh, but isn't hasn't been named in this side at all. Um, Desi at the Bunnies, fair bit going on. Uh, who do you like there? Yeah, well, you asked me last week, would you uh, would you sell Damien Cook? And I sort of said, yeah, you probably would. He isn't he isn't running the mm. ball. But then what did he do this week? He came out and he tore it up. I mean, yeah. That's, that's why you don't sell guns and probably why you hold Damien Cook. He's, he just looks absolutely lightning. Those wet conditions are just perfect for him. He was sliding straight through um, with ease. So I really like Cookie. I, I probably wouldn't trade him in, but he's definitely not a sell anymore. I think you can definitely hold him. Yeah. Um, Murray as well looked really good, getting huge minutes. I think he got 80 minutes last week. So um, he's definitely a trade-in option as well for me personally, I, I think. Going Madison to Murray could be a huge trade for people this week. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, mate. Um, I, I'm with you in that I think the wet conditions played into the hands of Damien Cook. I've spoken about it before, but with how lethal Latrell and Cody are in that back line, uh, I think uh, the Bunnies are going to look for width. They're not going to play through the middle as much as they probably need to because of how sharp they are in the back line. But in those wet conditions, it was just middle, 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 Cody, uh, sorry, Cody, Cookie cutting him to pieces. I'm still skeptical long term, but he gave us a reminder of why he's one of the best hookers and super coach hookers in the game. After this week, the Bunnies play games against the Dogs, Broncos, Tigers, and Titans, which is a seriously good draw. Uh, Spy, which opens up big points potential for someone like Cody Walker. Is he in your plans? Mate, a lot of Bunnies are in my plans. So, Cody, absolutely, from next week, I'll be trying to get him in. Uh, the other two boys are. Campbell Graham, who has a break-in of 116 because he hasn't had any attacking stats yet. If he can drop 40 or 50K this week just in time for that run, he could be one to take a gamble on. Uh, but probably even better than Graham just because he's playing on the left edge is Alex Johnson. He could score mm. six tries in any of those games. He may not score six, but he genuinely could. And you can all, you can bank him down for one or two, I think, most games. So, gee, if you could get yourself Cody Walker and Alex Johnson after this weekend, heading into that run, I think you could be laughing. Crikey, that's exciting, isn't it? Uh, over at the Roosters, Victor Radley is back from his ACL injury. First game of the year, being named on the interchange bench. Angus Crichton returns from a one-match suspension, uh, as we expected. But yeah, the, uh, those who held on to Crichton will be very, very relieved to see his face back in the side. Uh, that pushes Drew Hutchinson and Fletcher Baker out of the side. Um, Desi at the Roosters, a few to talk about there. I can see C.O. Siwa Takiaho playing bigger minutes this week in a crunch game. He hasn't been getting huge time. Uh, his scores have been ticking over okay because of a few attacking stats and, in particular, his goal-kicking that's sort of bolstering his scores. Um, mate, plenty happening there. You know, Teddy's going nuts. Um, Lockie Lamb's underperforming. I don't know if you're a Lamb owner, but you're selling him. to sell it Satili Tupanua tickle your fancy? What do you reckon, mate? Yeah, I'm not a Lamb owner, fortunately. He's just – he really isn't getting an off-ball. It's the Kiri and Teddy show, um, as as we expected it might be. Um, Takiaho, I'm not sure he will get the minutes this week with that full forward bench, but hopefully he does. Um, Tupanua, yeah, he's definitely one that caught my eye. I was sort of on the verge of trading him in this week, but I'm just I'm not sure with uh with Radley back. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. He he really is uh playing well though. You can sort of see him scoring tries almost every game outside of uh outside of Kiri there, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I probably just have to hold off on him. Yeah, I was so close to going Tupin. I, I was so close to starting the year with him. I was really close to getting him in this week, but I just couldn't quite afford him. His base for an 80-minute back row is pretty ordinary. Basing at 43 per game, this year, not terrible, but um, not great. And his base there in 80-minute games was very poor last year, but I think he's busted something like nine tackles in his last two games and just looking lethal there. So I think a bit like... Um, Dave Fafida, um, Titans Dave Fafida, that is, the attacking stats are going to come because he's so good. So oh, he's enticing 410K. Um, Spy, thoughts at the Roosters? And, I mean, probably the big one, another of the big ones. There's a lot there. Brett Morris is a massive price. Luke Curie's at a pretty big price. Can you make a case to to get them? They've both had massive starts. So they'll make money. They're massive pods. The Roosters have a nice draw after this week. Any interest? I think there's interest, but it comes with a little bit of trepidation, as Walsh would say. Um, they've had a pretty easy opening two weeks. They've they've carved teams apart. So 
Um, I'm a little bit concerned long-term about paying that much, certainly for Brett Morris. I'd love him on my side. I'd absolutely love it. But you can probably bolster your side and balance it up elsewhere before you get someone like Morris and hope he sort of becomes or stays around this price before a run maybe mid-year once we can afford him. In terms of Luke Keery, he's playing well, isn't he? He's getting his hands on the ball a lot more than last year, playing both sides of the ruck. So, yeah, I certainly don't mind him as a buy, but I still prefer blokes like probably Luai, Munster, um, Cleary and, and Cody ahead of him. But in saying that, that's not that's not saying don't buy him. He looks really good and it could certainly come off for, off for you, but just be aware he, he does yeah, both of those guys have low bases, so they, they've both got 20s in them. Mm, yeah, I can, despite a few of those low scores, which Kiri will produce at time to time, I can see him being the second highest scoring halfback of the year behind Nathan Cleary, uh, but it probably will be a pretty substantial gap. Uh, moving on to the Raiders and Warriors, Saturday 3pm at GIO Stadium in the nation's capital. Uh, we've touched on the big talk, oh sorry, team news, at the Raiders, Jared Croker, SC Playbook contributor, uh, is back for his first game of the season following off-season shoulder injuries, uh, surgery, should I say. Seb Chris, who's been really impressive so far, drops out, which is great news for Bailey Simonton owners, owners which is basically everyone. Um, bit of a worry, uh, fear there that maybe Simonton could have dropped out due to Chris's form, but not so. We've spoken about our thoughts on Ryan James. Really, really good buyer this week. We'd all lean towards Alvaro over him. Again, the Raiders have named that four-forward bench, which is concerning. He won't jag attacking stats every week, although I think in 2017 he scored nine or 12 tries or something stupid, so who knows. Um, Desi, probably the only major one to touch on is Hudson Young, who is about 474K, really low break even, has looked exceptional to start the year. Uh, Mate, I know you're not going in this week, but can you make a pretty serious case for him or not? Yeah, for sure you can. Um, he's, he's tackle busting. He's, he's looking to break the line all the time. Um, he, the only thing, though, I, I mean, I, I was watching him pretty close last week. He, he really doesn't pass it to his outside players much. I think there was a few times where he could have uh, shipped it on early and probably got a try assist or something like that. But, yeah, he's, he's definitely looking very strong when he runs the ball. He's got the offload. He's got the tackle bust. Um, yeah, and he's he's definitely looking the good so far. A five percent ownership, definitely a trade in for me, mate. I'll uh, I'll take those glue hands any day of the week over a back row who passes the ball. Spy anything to add at the Raiders, who are probably not as super coach interest as we thought earlier on. George Wheeling just started with a bang, but he'll lose the goal kicking duties to Jared Croker now. Yeah, not a lot to add, boys, apart from what's already spoken about through the year. Um, no, yeah, nothing much for me. I'm a Josh Hodgson owner, uh, and I think if you can go him to um, Jaden Braley, that's an exceptional trade. Um, he has not started the year on fire, but he did knock out 58 points in the wet against the Sharkies. Um, I was at the game watching the Mighty Green Machine get the win there narrowly thanks to the Chad Townsend missing a goal there close to the buzzer. Base for a hooker, really, really bad for an 80-minute player. He's only 36 per game so far this season, pretty similar to what we've seen in the past. I'm holding. Um, I'm happy with my heart, my 5'8". I'm happy. I've already moved Connor Watson down there alongside Cody Walker. Um, I can see the case to go Hodgson to Little. I, I can, but I'm just going to utilize my trades elsewhere. The 58's in Hodge's rolling average for a few weeks. So I'm going to stick strong. Hope that he come not comes good. He was good on the weekend. But, um, yeah, use my trades elsewhere. But if you want to trade him, I think it's a decent play as well. Uh, over at the Warriors, a little bit going on there as well. Chanel Harris Tavita will spend up to 12 weeks on the sideline with a stress fracture in his foot. Cheapy Sean O'Sullivan comes into the team at halfback. I think he's only about 211K there uh, and available at halfback, that all-important halfback spot in Supercoach. Bunty Ufala starts at prop with Jermaine Tanoa-Brown suspended. Jack Murchie returns from a pec injury on the bench. Um Desi, probably not heaps going on at the Warriors, but a bloke that you're really keen on and for good reason is Tohu Harris. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've actually never owned Tohu, I don't think, in Supercoach before, but he just seems to pump out the scores week in, week out, which is just so crucial for locking up the second row the second row forward position. Um, he's definitely up there with the elite, the top echelon of second row forwards nowadays, no doubt about it, and he's definitely... Um, got offside to him as well this season with a try assist so yeah mm. who knows I'm also actually slightly interested in Lisa Armel as well um, at 291k mm. 
negative 16 break even. He definitely, um, he's up there with sort of Alvaro as a top buy in the front row forward position for mine. He is, mate. I nearly went with him round one and then he got named on the bench, so I pulled the plug on that idea, but he is looking good. I'm tempted to go with Alvaro just because he's about that 40 to 50K cheaper or even Ryan James, but, um, you know, he's hard to bypass at the moment. Spy, any interest at the Warriors there for you? Um, just to keep an eye on O'Sullivan, because in a couple of weeks, if we if we need a backup half and he is scoring okay, you can bring him in at that, that basement price, which would be good, but I certainly wouldn't be doing it yet. Uh, Tohu Desi is the kind of bloke, he's uber consistent, isn't he? He's always up there scoring points, but he also lacks that sort of ability to go 120, 130, which is, you know, exciting as a super coach owner. So certainly nothing wrong with the buy, but he does lack that little bit of like maybe David Fafita type upside. Uh, but that's fine. They, they don't all have to be like that. Um, and Lisa Narmau, I agree with Timo there. He, um, I really like him this year. I think he'd be uber consistent, but, um, for, for a bloke like Alvaro at 40k less, you'd, you'd rather just lock him in on the underscore similar points you'd, you'd expect. Spy, are you getting a, a bit of pocket money on the side from Uber to drop their name every three sentences? Well, I might be able to get something after this, surely. Guys, let's move on to our bold predictions for the week. And I'm I'm really getting a pattern here with Desi's bold prediction tips. So last week he went Cody Walker 120 plus in the torrential rain. Fail. Uh, Pappenhausen and Cleary to combine for 200 plus. Fail. And then he's gone David Fafida 130 plus with two tries to his name. Now that's an exceptional bold prediction to say he's going to score two tries as a back rower. But you, you, Desi's bold predictions are so bold that they're near impossible to get each week. So had he not said the 130-plus, the he would have had a winner. Um, anyway, it is what it is, and Desi has three fails. Walsh had AFB 80-plus, fail. He did go off injured and play a few less minutes, so that contributed. Uh, Dave Fafita, 100-plus. Good get there from Walsh, uh, a winner for the crew, which is rare. And Jerome Luai, 125-plus. Again, very, very bold in the pouring rain. You boys are psychopaths. Um, although I didn't have much luck either. Tino and Fafidia to go 160-plus. That fell just short because Tino didn't deliver. Reed Marnie and Jacob Little sub 50 each. That was not even close, although if Little didn't score his try again, maybe. Uh, and then Cam Murray, 100-plus, also a fail. Boys, let's ramp it up. Let's fix this up Fix this up this week. Desi, what have you got? All right. I'm going for Tedesco 100-plus against the Bunnies. Uh, which will make it back-to-back-to-back tons to start the season, which I don't think has ever happened in NRL Supercoach history. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, Number two, I'm going Mitch Moses, 120-plus against the Sharkies. And number three, Mitch Barnett and Angus Crichton combined for 180-plus. Like it, mate. Spire, what have you got? All right, we're going to go with Ricky from the the Broncos, score 85-plus, back up his round two performance. David Fafita to also back it up with 100-plus again, the weapon that he is. And I'm going to change up my third bowl prediction. I've never actually done one like this, but I'm going to predict Jacob Little to score exactly 43 points. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is, that is the most, that's one of those bold play we've ever had on bowl predictions. It'll be right? close. Trust me, it'll come to the wire. Oh, no, I like it, mate. Um I'm going to go in a similar theme to Desi with Dylan Brown going 110 plus. We'll get to Parramatta in a minute, but his base for a halfback, it just blows my mind. Um, it was like mid-40s or something for him. Uh, off the back of Dylan Brown, I'm going to say Fergie Ferg to score two tries and go 90 plus. Um, struggled a little bit in the wet against the Storm, but his base is really good still, and I think Brown and Fergie Ferg can carve up this week. Just two for me. Um, lads, let's keep going. Moving on to a bit of a bludger of a game, this one. But we have the Broncos and the Bulldogs, Saturday 5.30 at Suncorp Stadium at the Broncos. I think he picked the exact same side. Yep, same side for him. Payne Haas is back next round. Uh, Matty Lodge still at least a week or two away. Des at the Broncos, um, a few interesting propositions there. Tessie New is a must-have with his massively low break even. He's set to make huge coin and is a pretty nice play in 17s against this dog's outfit. 
Mate, a guy, probably the other big one in this side who's, who's caught your eye and everyone's eye is Tavita Pangai Jr., who has just started with a bang. He played a lot better minutes on the weekend. I think he was about 52 or 53. Uh, it's a big price. There's suspension worry. There's injury worry. But he's got to be a, a pretty decent target, doesn't he? Yeah, especially with that dual position. Um, the only concern is, obviously, um, Payne Haas and Lodge coming back. But, yeah... I really wish I'd started with him now. I, I still may even bring him in this week um, instead of Tohu. But, yeah, his upside is just enormous. Um, mm. And he didn't even really offload at all this week, and he still scored 100, um, albeit with the try. But, yeah, 19 runs. Uh, he's he's an animal. Yeah, absolute madness. The only thing with him is uh, with Payne House coming back, he's not going to play less minutes than what he's done already. So I wouldn't be too worried about that. David Mead. Don't say we didn't warn you, but only 21 points this week. He had that really good base for him about the first time in his career last week. Uh, and then in round two, he only had 19 in base, scored 21 points, negative 19 break even. But unless he goes big this week, that 77 is dropping out of his uh, three-round rolling average, uh, and he probably won't be the cheapie that we'd hope for. Um, obviously, you're not going to sell this week, but I probably wouldn't be jumping on his buy. Spy, anything to add at the Broncos? Yeah, Desi, I like Pengai over Tohu Harris for sure, mate. If he can stay healthy and, and not suspended, obviously that's your risk with him. He could do anything, mate. If He, he could have two tries, seven offloads one day, so it would be fun to own him as well. So that's right up your alley. I know it is. There's no would way. You go, there's would you no go Cam Murray over TBJ? Or would you Ooh, go TBJ over? Nah, let's chat about that later in the week because I do not know about that one. But I'll definitely go him over Tohu, and there's no way you're bringing in Tohu this week. That's my fourth bold prediction. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's chat about that cause it's a good question um, later in the week because I think they both they both look good. But Murray's minutes look pretty good this year, so we'll talk about him shortly. Uh, oh, sorry, we already have. Um but just quickly, Jermaine Asako, I didn't quite realise how well he was scoring at fullback for a guy that's pretty cheap and kicks goals. The only concern around him is twofold. One is they have a horrendous draw coming up after the Bulldogs. And honestly, if they don't beat the Bulldogs, or even if they do, they could be 0 from 7, 1 from 7, whatever it may be. Uh, unfortunately yeah. for Brisbane fans, like it's tough. And does Osako then hold his spot? That would be my concern about bringing in someone like Osako this week. He will make some short, short-term cash, though, so uh, something to watch out there, boys. Yeah, in, in round one, 42 points, only had 16 in base, really good against the Titans. Uh, you touched on it, Spy. Dogs this week, then they play the Storm, the Bunnies, the Panthers, the Eels, the Titans. Whoa, that is a tough draw and one to consider for all your Broncos players. Um Moving on from that one, over at the Bulldogs, Raymond Fatala Mariner. This bloke can't catch a break. I think he played a lot of uh, the majority of games last year, but he's had a tough run of injuries in the past. He's been lost for up to 20 weeks with a broken foot. Must be the worst broken <laughs> foot you've seen in a while. He run over by a steam train or something. Corey Waddell comes on from the interchange to the starting back row role, which he played in round one. If he gets big minutes there, he's a massive watch. Joe Stimson comes into the reserves, uh, from the reserves to the bench. Um, that's all sort of the major stuff there. Lads, we won't speak too much about the doggies because there's not a lot to talk about. Uh, Will Hopawade, if he ever got in a good supercoach side, he'd be a weapon. I think he had 39 in base last week. Um, there's just no attacking opportunity for him in that side. The big one we do need to have a little chat about is Josh Jackson, who is very relevant in supercoach. Since moving to lock, even more so now with Fatala Mariner out, who could switch to the middle for a little bit if, if the dogs needed him to. Um Josh Jackson, I've got a few stats here. So played 80 minutes at lock this week for 75 points with 75 in base, which is mind-blowing. Um, he's only 439K. He's got a break-even of 19. So the, the trade can probably wait till next week with more pressing trades, I think. It might cost you 30 or 40 more K. Desi, Josh Jackson's got to be a pretty serious option there, hey? Yeah, definitely. I, I didn't realize he was playing 80 minutes at lock. I, mm. uh, 439K, yeah. That's that's very cheap for someone playing 80 minutes, pumping out 75 in base. He's definitely someone you'd look to sort of strengthen, bolster your your forward pack with your, your for your final 25 players, that's for sure. Yeah, and you'd think job security in minutes are very secure there, so he's a massive uh, play there. Uh, we'll move on to the Eels and Sharks, Saturday, 7.35 p.m. at Bankwest. At the Eels, the only change is Ryan Madison, who is out of that side following a concussion. Um, Isaiah Papali'i, who's had a big start to his year, both NRL and Supercoach, comes into the starting side. 
Uh, I think we're all Madison owners. I think we're all selling now that he's out. That's too much money to have on the pine or not playing yeah, not playing in your side at the moment. Um, and just we don't know how long he's going to be out for with his uh, concussion history. Um, Desi, uh, at Parramatta, I suppose the big talking points there, you're already a junior Paulo owner. He's delivering um, with a couple of tries in his opening two games. Mate, where does Reid Marnie sit in the pecking order of hookers for you this week? Because between Little, Braley, um, you know, Connor Watson, there's a lot of good options. Where have you got him, mate? I'd almost be tempted to put him at number one or mm. de- definitely a close second behind um, Braley. I-, I was actually really close to bringing him in um, this week ahead of Braley. But uh, Barnsey from the uh, Supercoach All-Stars podcast talked me out of it. and I went Braley instead. They are, uh, yeah. There really wasn't too much of a difference in points, and considering Brayley did score that try, I know uh, Marnie had the assist, but he he really is looking sharp. He's looking to run the ball. He's looking much better than previous seasons, and he's got a lot of improvement in him. So I, I put him right at the top of that list. He is, uh, and I mean Marnie and Brayley playing behind these two forward packs. Um, they're just, I think the attacking stats can continue. I don't think they're going to probably be. Quite keepers. I still think Cook and Harry Grant are going to be the big two, but far out, they're looking good at the moment. And another thing I've seen with the game just being that little bit quicker this season, there's more ball in play. So I think the, you know, one of the stat gurus out there might be able to help me out, but I think the basis of players, particularly like middle forwards, are just going through the roof. Um, and like, I mean, Braley so far, he's averaging a base of 57 per game. Um, Reed Marnie's not far off. He's got a base of, yeah, 58 per game. Um, Spy, what's your take on Marnie in that hooking scenario? Yeah, I love him, to be honest. He's a serious player. Um, the only thing is Braley's that much cheaper and he's got a 90s rolling average for longer than Mahoney does, probably at that price. So I just think it's an easier stepping stone over three or four weeks to make money off Braley and still allow yourself that extra 100 and a bit K elsewhere to make important trades this week and next week. So I think that's why I've got Braley ahead of him. In terms of who's going to score better, maybe Mahoney by a little bit. I think he's probably upside slightly there. But I still think Braley's the smart play to just take that cash, solid points, and build the rest of your squad elsewhere. I've seen some very uh, fired-up people when people call Reed Marnie Mahoney on Twitter in the past. So, Spy, you could be on for a barrage this week. Um, I've, I've, done it, I've done it in his early days as well as a footballer, and I got hammered for it. Well, so Before anyone abuses me, I absolutely love him. So, go Reed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Over at the Sharks, uh, Connor Tracy goes from the interchange to centre to replace Mwene Harodi. Um, that won't last too long. I don't think Jesse Ramian's out for too long. Teague Wilden comes onto the bench in place of Connor Tracy. Um, fellas, we'll cut through the Sharks because I don't think there's any super coach interest there. Um, Matty Moylan has looked okay and most years would be a hold at 5'8", but because of all the hooking options we've got available and the fact that you've got like Connor Watson, a lot of people have got him at hooker, I'd be going Moylan out, Watson to hooker and getting into all those gun hookers if you can. Moving on to the Knights and Tigers, Sunday 4.05pm at McDonald Jones Stadium. At the Knights, Kurt Mann makes a return from his knee injury at 5'8". Phoenix Crossland was suspended in that game on the weekend, uh, so he drops out, and that's the major news at the Knights. Desi, at that side, um, I think probably nothing. I mean, there's some relevant Supercoach players. Bradman Best at about 550K. He's in beast mode. I think he's averaging 90, uh, 90, 39 base per game, which is huge, but quite expensive still for a centre wing. Nate, we've spoken about Jaden Braley. We've spoken about Connor Watson a fair bit in the past. He's been named to start. Hopefully he keeps that. And Mitch Barnett looks pretty close to a must-have, in my opinion. Um, what do you reckon, Des? Yeah, I agree on all of them. I th- Bradman Best, yeah, I didn't realise he was he was going so well. I mean, he played exceptional um, the other week. So, yeah, he's, he's definitely uh, up there with the top echelon of centre wings like he was last season. So mm. I, I probably wouldn't bring him in at that price. I don't see him dropping in price, though, for quite a while. So, yeah, we're just going to have to make a shit ton of money before we bring in these guns and <laughs> wings at the end of the day. Yeah. I just don't oh, yeah. think they're not really on the radar. But, yeah, the rest of them, um, I've got Watson, Barnett. So, yeah, I'm pretty shocked with those two so far. They've been pumping yeah. out good scores. Nice, mate. Uh, I'm with you. Spire, we saw the minutes of David Clemmer and Daniel Saifidi drop big time this week. In round one, when they played those huge minutes, it was off the back of a bunch of injuries in the team. Um, they'll be good options later in the year, but at the moment, they're just pretty highly priced. Anything to add at the Knights, mate? 
Oh, just that I think my two trades this week will be Brayley and Barnett, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, I like, like watching the Knights. Um, I'm still reeling a little bit from calling Reid Mahoney. As, <laughs> because I genuinely love him, <laughs> and I just read it off my screen. It just happened, so uh, I'm, I'm just, just disappointing myself, boys. Carry on. Yeah. You're not the first. You're not the last, mate. I, Nick Moon in his weekly rap will be all over you. I know that much. After I, after I smash him up this week, it's about the only thing you'll have. So you might as well use it. Well, that's it, mate. To, to silence the doubters, you've just in the critics. You've just got to come out and knock out fifteen hundred this week, and it won't matter what they say to you. See you on the other side. Beautiful. At the Tigers, Joey Leilua has been dropped uh, from that side. Uh, that's probably been a long time coming with his form. James Roberts comes back into the side, which is good news for owners of him. Zane Musgrove returns from suspension and starts in the front row. Joe Offerhan Gowie drops back to the bench, uh, which is big news for Supercoach because he's in a lot of sides. I'm not sure it'll impact his minutes too significantly, but in terms of playing him in your 17, you'd be a bit worried now. Um, Des, uh, what are your thoughts? Probably the big one that we haven't spoken about too much is Jacob Little. Uh, and if you're a Joe O owner, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, it's a strange one. Playing uh, Musgrove over Offen Gowie, he, he was looking good. I thought he was running the ball hard. Um, he was looking really good. So that's unfortunate for owners. Um, as for Little, I've I've been playing him in my seventeen for the, the past two weeks. But I think this week I'm actually going to sit him out because I, I think Spy's right. I think he'll only pump out a forty odd this week because his scores have been so inflated. He, he's surely he can't score three tries in a row. That's yeah, my thinking. 43, mate, the, the total. I like it. <laughs> um, Spy, anything to add at the Tigers, mate? Yeah, I do have a little bit. Um, first of all, thank goodness they dropped Joey Leilua. That's just – I don't – I rarely bag players because I know they're first-grade first, first grade footballers. They've It's an outstanding effort, but, gee, that bloke frustrates me. Um, moving on to the rest of their side, how good was, is Dane Laurie looking at fullback? He's a young kid. His confidence is unbelievable. He attacks the footy. Reminds me a little bit of Billy Slater, which is awesome, just running onto right. the ball from deep. Not, not as a whole game, but just in terms of how he runs on and attacks a, a flat, long kick. It's so good to watch. Um I think Little will be a sell in the coming weeks after making some nice cash on the back of those tries. So that's why I'm hoping Joshy Schuster can hold that second second row spot for Manly. And he did not see any ball last week because um, Lukey Brooks just he just doesn't seem to understand how to get early ball to his outside men. But Luciano Leilua, if he can start getting some decent ball like he did in round one in the trials, he could be anything. He's an absolute wrecking ball, and he cops a bit bit of defensive flack off his brother, but he actually makes most of his tackles, unlike Joey. So it's sort of hard to put him in the basket of his brother there. But I genuinely think Luciano is a big watch for the season if the Tigers can sort out their, their style of attack. Wrapping up the round, Cowboys v Titans, QCB Stadium in Townsville at 6.15pm on Sunday. At the Cowboys, Murray Tuolagi comes into the wing for the suspended Kyle Felt. Uh, not a lot else going on there. Ruben Cotter has been named at number 13 again in place of Jason Taumlolo. He's a bit of a watch over the next couple of weeks. Um, Val Holmes did – what did he do? He switched to fullback for – I don't know if he switched to fullback, but he sort of got involved a little bit more in the middle of the ruck, um, floating around as a fullback at times on the weekend kick goals as well. Um, he could be hopefully nice and cheap for us if he does go back to fullback and continues to kick goal in the future. Big watch on Holmes. Big watch on Ruben Cotter as well in coming weeks. Otherwise, fellas, let's skip that because there's nothing going on there. Um, over at the Titans, Holbrook makes one big change with Ash Taylor out for a few weeks injured. Tana Boyd starts at number six in his place. Uh, and Philip Sammy continues to deputise for Brian Kelly while he's out until projected round five. Uh, Desi, just quickly on the Titans, I think AJ Brimson's got to be a sell to the likes of Pappy or Teddy or whoever you don't own there, potentially Luttrell. Um, and then the big two, mate, are Dave Vafita and Tino Fasua Malawi. What are your thoughts on their output in the opening weeks? Yeah, geez. It looks like, yeah, Spy might be right again about me not getting Tohu. I might have to get David Fafita. He's 100%. 100%. He's so hard to death ride. Um, it's, I think it's out of him and Murray. Uh, it's going to be a coin toss since they're both so such good high upside players. And, yeah, obviously this is a very good matchup for Fafita. I can see him scoring another double here, to be honest. Um, mm. as, as for Tino, I'm just you, – you sort of know my thoughts on him already. I'm not super yeah. sold on him. I think there's just much better options. He, he's getting good minutes, but I really just think there's better options on him. 
Spy, what are your thoughts at the Titans, mate? And probably in particular those two are the key the key pairing. Yeah, for Fida, if you can get him in, I just think he's just a weapon. I've spoken about him before on the podcast. He's one of the hardest blokes I've ever seen to tackle. It's just so good to watch. Um, just just be aware, though, that he will have the odd 40 in him. He's that kind of player. Uh, probably not many given his offloads and tackle busting, but he does have a 40 or 50 in him, but he's going to counterbalance that with plenty of big tons, I'm sure. He's just outstanding. And the Titans, I'd expect, will only get better as the season progresses. Um, Tito's an interesting one. He played quite well in... In attack, especially last week, he didn't tackle very well, but his attack was good. I think you'll see his scores will still be nice and solid. If he can get over the line or start offloading, then his scores are going to be really good. But I agree long-term, there probably are better options. But he's certainly not something to panic on at this stage. You can just plug him in for now, see how things unfold. Um, and if you've you've got the option to trade him, then your side's doing better than most others because, you know, he's, he's, he's rock solid for now. Um, maybe a trade down the line. My thoughts exactly, mate. I think Tino's a, an, in, a, an indefinite hold for now. Probably not looking like being a keeper at this stage, but um, solid enough. Base of 49 is really, really good. Minutes are still decent enough, although they were down a little bit on the weekend. Um, I'll be holding on to him. If, you, if he's your biggest issue in your side, then you're looking all right. You should probably be ranked in the top 10. Um, so probably worth holding on to if you are looking really good and you can trade him to a Fafida or someone like that or Cam Murray, go for it. Um, Desi, you've already touched on them a little bit, but you trades and skippers for this week. Yeah, so it's going to be Madison to either Murray or Fafita. And probably the second one, I'll probably trade out Matt Lodge to Isaiah Papali'i. I think Ooh, he's a, I think he's a big trade-in um, for 400-odd-K. And he'll probably play 80 minutes on that edge, and we don't know how long Madison's out for. I think he could be a huge upside play. Um, Jeez, man. And for skippers, I'll probably just go um, VC on Cleary if he plays and captain on Teddy. Uh, if Cleary doesn't play, I'll go VC Teddy into the C on Barnett against the Tigers. Hey, Mitchie Barnett. Mate, no no Teddy there. Oh, VC on Teddy into the C on Barnett. Oh, bold. that's bold in its own. Yeah, and uh, an interesting one on Papalei. We touched on him a little bit, but yeah, we'll be starting this week for Ryan Madison, who we don't know if Madison will be out for extended weeks with his uh, head knock. Basing 52 so far, averaging 56 minutes per game, uh, and all in all, just looking very good. Spy, at trades and skippers. Yeah, at this stage, Maddo down to Mitch Barnett and Lockie Lamb, who's been okay, but just not getting the ball enough to Jaden Bailey. I think that's an absolute no-brainer. Um, in terms of, you mentioned something very important there, Desi, which I hadn't thought of. If Cleary does sit and they're copying an auto emergency, depending on your non-players, you could actually VC Teddy and get a free look at him, which is awesome. Um, and then, I'm sure that's right. I'll check that out. I'm sure you can. And then if I no, was... Because you'd have to, you'd have to, um, sorry, I zoned out there for a little bit, but... Yeah. You'd have to you'd have to put the um the skipper on. Oh, re- on game one on Cleary, Cleary. bugger! Yeah, <laughs> In that yeah, case, I'm right. definitely not seeing Teddy like uh, my boy Desi, <laughs> uh, <laughs> who will also captain him come Friday night. I'm sure of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he will for sure. The, the only reason he wouldn't do the two things I've said is because he wants to just spite me, which is fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll, I'll captain Teddy. Yeah. Cool, mate. Um, for me, at this stage, subject very much to change, but uh, Ogden, who hasn't been terrible, but week one he played 51 minutes, and then on the weekend he played like 20 minutes or something despite starting both games. Um, could make a little bit of cash, but um, him to either Ryan James or Alvaro, but I think you've talked me into Alvaro this week, but no knock on James. Uh, and then Maddo to Mitchie Barnett because he looks the absolute goods. And the way he goal kicked on the weekend and so far this season, he'll be hard to drop for the goal kicking duties when Ponga returns. Lads, let's wrap it up with a couple of questions. One from Luke Brooks. Um, no, not that one because we've already answered that about 15 times. Um, one from Maddie Mangan. Thoughts on Papali'i versus Tupanua for that 400K price second row? Who and why? Uh, Des, we have his answer. So, Spy, who would you go? I've oh, got to be Tupanua just because he's starting for the Roosters playing 80. So, yeah. Mm, I'm with you, mate. I-, I like them both, but I think Tupanua, the 80 minutes are locked in. He's my go there. Uh, one from Andrew Hunt. My wife got the highest score this round. Should I divorce her? I can't stand not being the best super coach in the family. Spy, you're the only married one on this podcast. Yes or no? Mate, weekend away with the boys, a few beers, and um, maybe get back to it next week. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, one from Curtis Burchard. How far back is too far back in the rankings after round two? Um, a lot of people ask that, and I know Walsh, who finished about – he was coming about 1,500 or something last week, and then about two minutes after Dave, he went down injured. He said he was giving up on overall, um, a classic uh, rash call from the great man. But, I mean, for reference, I was coming 13,000th after round two last year and was – came back and finished second there. I don't think it's too dramatic um, if you are outside the top 10,000 or whatever at all. So don't panic. Don't panic trade as a result of it. Um, it didn't take long, but I think after around four or five, I was into the top 500 or top 100 or around about that. So don't panic if you're too far back. Um, Spy, any thoughts on that? Well, I'm sitting exactly 13,000 at the moment. So see at number two low in the year and maybe one better. Um, one from Brew, the great man. If picking one player over another, e.g. Braley v. Hunt, allows for a Cody Walker trade in next week, is that the answer to who I trade in? Um, so, Des, I'll get your thoughts. So, I mean, I suppose in the other one, yeah, Braley v. Hunt or like a, a <laughs> spy almost made me say Mahoney there, but um, Reed Marnie versus like Braley. If we're factoring Cody Walker into our plans next week, if that allows Brew to do it, would you just be would you be doing it? Yes, yes, and yes, hundred yeah. percent. Yes. yes, also yes. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, um, Maddie Broom. Who? Which do you guys prefer, Moylan to Braley or Staines to the likes of Fergo, Kotrick, or Asako? What do you reckon, Spy? So Moylan to Braley or Staines out? Oh, Moylan to Braley for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, I like that as well, big time. Um, oh, <clears throat> I'll answer this one because I know what you two are going to say. Connor Fordry, is Dave Fafita bordering on must-have status or is this the opportune time to bring in a pot option over him like Frizzell? I wouldn't be going a pot option like Frizzell over him, but I don't think Dave Fafita is a must-have. Yeah, he is bordering on it, but look, it's only two rounds. You know, he only got 60-odd in 70 minutes despite being a bit ill in round one. Um, he was an 80-minute player last year and averaged, what, mid to late 60s, so... Well, I think he's excellent. As the spy touched on earlier, his his uh his base isn't as good as the the gun second rollers. So, um, great trade in, but not a must have. Um, we spoke at Justin Olam as a pod, fellas. Let's wrap it up there, um, guys. Jump onto our forum at scplaybook.com. Have a chat with other super coaches. We'll chime in with our advice as well. Um, let's get chatting super coach and help each other out there. Um, Desi, you've been big. Thank you, mate. Cheers, boys. Always a pleasure. Spite, cheers. Cheers, fellas. Just add one more thing. Uh, two more things, actually. They're nice and quick. Don't worry. Nick Kotrick, big watch. He's playing some serious footy for the dogs. Keep an eye on him. And just also one thing on David Fafita. He's only played 70 minutes and 65 minutes because he got knocked out or he got HIA'd late last week. So his base could be better than we think. But, yeah, he's, he's a gun. Cheers, boys. Very nice, mate. Uh, good last, late shout. All right, thanks for tuning in, guys.